Thank you, Brother Tech Nine. Thank you, Terramana. One take. That's a wrap. Face off. Face off. The city of Brockton is now in your hands. The Brockton Mass City of Champions app is a revolutionary civic app that will give whoever downloads it a full picture of the city of Brockton. Users of this app can discover new businesses and restaurants, have access to the local transit system schedule, learn who the Brockton elected officials are, explore attractions and amenities, and stay up to date with the latest news and information going on in the city of Champions. Among the many amazing features of the app is its business directory feature. This business directory is comprised of over 2,000 known businesses in the City of Champions. Business owners who claim their business will have the advantage of free promotion on the app. They will have the ability to inform users of their menus, special deals and discounts, and any other pertinent information. Here's how to claim your business. First, on a laptop or computer, visit claim.mycivicapps.com and click the Claim My Business button at the bottom of the screen. Next, type in Brockton Mass City of Champions plus your business name in the appropriate search bars. Once your business appears on the screen, press Claim. Enter a name, email, and password for the account and click Continue. Finally, fill out all of your pertinent business information. This includes everything from the business location, hours, and more. Once complete, click the Save and send to moderator button for a final approval. Once the moderator approves, your account is all yours to customize and use however is best for your business. If you cannot find your business on the app, please email listmylocalbusiness at gmail.com and a moderator will ensure your business is inputted into the app for you to claim. The Brockton Mass City of Champions app is available for download on both the Apple and Android app stores. Download the app today. All right, all right. Is everyone here? Ants. Yes, sir. Roaches. Yeah, what of it? Rodents. Let's get this cheese. All right. Come on, everyone. Settle down. Settle down, please. Look, we all know why we're here. We'll be eating like queens when we're through with this. That pantry's finally ours. Nobody can stop us now. Old Colony Pest Control, veteran-owned Massachusetts, Rhode Island-based operation with everything you could dream of for your pest needs. Equipped with top-of-the-line gear to guarantee your home is protected and staying healthy. Phone number is 774-400-5993. Give them a call for the backup you need. Tell them that General Red Revere sent you. They handle anything from ants, roaches, ticks, mosquitoes, rats, and more. No wildlife or termites at this time. Hey, hey, watch it, buddy. We're marching. We're marching.
Magic of the Play, a cash team production, is looking for actors and singers to fill several slots for this upcoming live play. For more information, please call 216-394-8926. That's Sugar the Play, auditions at 216-394-8926. here when you're ready. Master Yoda, I am. And listen, you must to HulaZoom.com. Relax, Ellen. This is so dangerous. We have no business being in an area like this. Well, look at it this way, honey. This is a part of America we never get to see. (laughs) That's good. No, that's bad. I mean, uh, we can't close our eyes to the plight of the cities. Kids, you noticing all this plight? This will just uh, make us appreciate what we have. (laughs) Roll them up. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? This is blasphemy. This is madness. This is the proof. Right, it's your boy Sinister One broadcasting live from the City of Champions. You are listening to the booth. Welcome to another great show with us today. And I got to thank my guest from last week. My guest from last week, 
R-squared, Ken Diesel, they were on with me to talk about the politics and legal things that they usually come on to talk about. Another great show. If you missed it, you want to make sure that you can go on YouTube and check it out. It's also on Anchor, Spotify, and various other different sites. So as you guys can see, I got my guest. We're getting ready to get my guest on here. He's actually walking into a school. Um, you guys have been seeing the promos coming up. And on the promos that you guys have seen, you guys have been seeing the trailer for Notorious Nick. Now, for those who know who Nick Newell is, I go way back with this kid. This kid was a guest on the booth many, many years ago. So so I was actually ring announcer for Cage FX. And to be honest, I was lucky enough to be the Cage ring announcer for two people's first fights um, on this day it was Team Bomb Squad that come to New England and it was John Jones, Team Bomb Squad his first pro fight so I was the, I was the ring announcer and I was, you know, I seen this kid, John Jones, and I was like, wow, this kid is amazing and I thought, man, I saw something special here today, and then later on that day, or early in that day, there was another person that I saw now, when I saw this fight, they introduced this kid as Nick Newell. You know, when he comes in, he had his disability, we saw, and I was like, okay, this is different. This, I've been following MMA for a long time. And I remember sitting cage side. Now, this movie that's out, Notorious Nick Newell, they, I had some problems with it, because it, I, I, and we'll get into that. But I watched you, Nick, in this very first fight that I saw you in, live. You were aggressive. You sprawled your guy out and, and took him down. You gained mount, and you struck until they had to stop the fight. And you were striking him with both hands. You 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 actually almost had your guy knocked out, and you won. And, I, and from then on, I'm like, this kid's a beast. He's going to be a problem. Everybody needs to watch out for him. I remember setting you up for an interview, and I had a lot of people back then. Social media was kind of small. It wasn't really started. But I had people sending me emails and like, oh, why are you interviewing this kid? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yo, this kid is going to be just like... And at that time, I had interviewed Joe Lozon when Joe Lozon went off to Hawaii and everybody said he was going to lose that fight against Jens Pulver. I interviewed this kid, Nick Newell, in his driveway. <laughs> the cops pull up on this kid while we're doing this live interview. And we had this great discussion with you. And I talked about this fight with you. And here we are now, 2022. There's an effing movie made about your life. And your accomplishments in MMA. So I got to thank my man coming on the show with me. And I got to call him, I, you know, I've been calling him Nick Newell, but I got to call him Notorious Nick Newell now. That's that's the legit thing. The man's got, he's got a school. He's a father now, got kids, got another kid on the way. I mean, this is crazy, Nick. What's going on, man? Yeah, nothing. I'm just, I'm just uh, running a little crazy. I've been, uh, I've been all over the place, so. Yeah, I I actually always kind of made that my lifestyle. That's why when uh, last time, actually, when when you were interviewing me, I was trying to get home in time for the interview, but the interview started and it was a live interview. So I was like, oh, shoot, I'll just pull over. So I pulled over in uh, like a tractor supply and then uh, and the cops came and were like, hey, man, you can't hang out here. So I had a, I had to go. It's small town problems. You know, I was living in um, in like a really small town at that time. So you can't just park your car places, I guess. They don't have any. There's no uh, real crime. So they got to go after the guys that are doing phone interviews. Man, 
man, it, 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 it's just amazing. You know, when I saw the trailer for this movie, and, I, and you had been talking about, you know, that they were making this movie and all this stuff. Um, and, and they came out, and I watched the movie. And for those who haven't seen it yet, it's on Tubi. It's on a couple other websites, but if you have Tubi, you can get on Tubi, and you can actually watch this movie for free. Uh, what I liked about the movie is that they showed the real fight at the end of the movie. So, you know, so stick around. Don't when you, when the movie ends, people don't leave, don't turn your TV off or streaming service off. You need to stay for the, for the entire film. Um, the only thing I had is I watched a lot of your fights coming up and you were aggressive and I seen you win a lot of fights, but they seem to put this progression of you as, as losing a lot. And I think were they trying to drive home a certain message with this film to build up to that, final part in that movie yeah i mean the um the they had to make a movie so there's a lot of things yeah. about the movie that aren't really like factually accurate you know uh, i definitely i lost a decision in my first amateur fight mm-hmm. but then uh you know i won a couple and went pro and then i won a bunch and i've only really i've only been finished one time i've lost I mean, I probably between amateurs and pros, I have about five losses, and, and only one was a, a finish. So the other ones were all decisions. Um, and that finish was to Justin Gagey, who's uh, one of the best in the world. And that came after I won the XFC title. So it's all based around my XFC title run. And, uh, you know, they changed some things. Like they made uh, Eric Reynolds into this guy, Rich Reynolds, who was like a mean guy. But in real life, Eric Reynolds was like a really nice guy, like a really class act, like super respectful, like good, like role model type guy, you know. But they have to have an antagonist. So they changed exactly. his name and and they did like all this stuff. And, uh, you know, it uh, it up plays like my mom's involvement and and uh and kind of makes my dad my relationship with my dad look a little worse than it was um mm-hmm. you know i have a good relationship with my dad good relationship with my mom you know but everything in mma was like just separate from family i didn't i didn't uh, include my family in in anything that involved mma that was all that was all me and my coaches and uh they combined my high school wrestling coach with my mma coach so like two completely different people, but, um, all good. They had an interview with my wrestling coach at the end and they used my, um, MMA coach as the main character. And they honestly, the truth is that like, they just like, it was a fun movie. Like was. I was a fighter. I lost a lot, especially in wrestling. I started off wrestling. I lost a lot. I wanted to quit. I never quit. Um, I went to do MMA. I lost my first match. I came back. I won a world title. And I had a friend that was a mentor and, and very good friend. And, and he passed away in a motorcycle accident. So, uh, you know, they did respects in like a lot of different ways. Um, and a few things were off, but it's not, uh, it's not really like deal breakers. It's not like things where I'm like, Oh my God. Like, you know, it's like, it's not a big deal to me at least. Right. Well, you know, anybody who knows Hollywood, they have to follow a certain formula. And for me, you know, when you watch your trailer for your film and when you watch that movie, it's like they took that whole karate kid eighties concept and put that in with this film. And, you know, it was one of these things, you know, we, we learned this story about you. We see this and, 
you know, even if we didn't know about your friend and your mentor, you kind of seen it coming just the way they kind of built it up in the movie when he, you know, he was talking about the Holly and, you know, I don't want to ruin it for people who haven't seen it yet, but it was one of these things where it was like, oh goodness, here we go, you know, and it was just, you know, a lot of things were done emotionally well in this film and I really liked it. Um, I liked how they did MMA because Hollywood really didn't seem to get MMA truly right until they did uh, the movie with Tom Hardy. Uh, there was a it was an MMA movie a while back. Tom Hardy was in it, and he had to he had to fight his brother. And the, the yeah. title of that movie is escaping me. But that was probably the first time that MMA was done right on film. Um, and your movie was it was done right also because sometimes they just I don't know I don't know what it is about Hollywood they don't seem to do MMA right um, Netflix is doing a good job of portraying MMA but for me you know your movie was done well so if people haven't seen it Notorious Nick it's out there on Tubi and um, it's a good film man I'm I'm proud I'm proud man so tell me what's yeah, going they on did, uh, they had real fighters in it too you know uh, Eve Edwards was like a instigator in that so i ended up fighting him in the movie and and uh a guy that i actually i beat in the movie i lost to on the contender series in a good fight alex munoz um which is kind of funny because uh, i guillotined him in the thing and i almost guillotined him in the fight but uh <laughs> it's um you know it's it's fun it's just like a cool thing i guess that someone would find your life interesting enough to write a movie about it now, how did they? How did it all? How did it all come about? How did it? You know, how did they approach you? Whose idea was it to come to you and say, "Hey, we need to make a movie about this"? Um, I think Mark DeSalle I, idea. He um, or Howard Bird, one of those two. They're the two main guys behind it. I met with them in in 2014, actually, about getting it made, and uh, and they sent an email. And to me, so I sent it over to my my manager, and and we got it uh we got it done. It took a long time, but we we got it done, and they made a a pretty like a pretty good movie. You know, I think it's like if you watch it. Actually, one of my friends was texting me today, like, "Hey, man, I really like the movie. Like, some things were off, but it was just like a fun movie to watch." Yeah, Cody Christian really does a good does a good job. And what, well, the funny thing was about Cody Christian is um. He was on an interview on the podcast, and he was actually talking about one of his dreams as an actor was to be in a movie, a fight movie, or, or portray a fighter in a movie. And it was shortly after that he was asked to portray you in this film, and it yeah. was like it was almost kind of like a dream role for him at that time. Yeah, you know, it's everyone's dream to to get to play me. So I'm glad he uh, <laughs> he got it. You know, it, it, but it's it was good. It was a good film. I really liked it. But I'm here to speak with Nick Newell because you've come along a long way. You're, you're very involved. You've got your school opened up. Let's talk about your school real quick. I don't want because I don't want to forget about mentioning that you've got the school out there. You and guys like Joe Lowe's on now. I've got your own schools, and you're teaching this next generation of young MMA fighters who seem to be a lot more attentive to the sport than when you guys were when you were younger. Like a lot of these younger kids now. They know a lot of the stuff coming up. They know the differences between jujitsu and boxing and things of that sort. What is it that you see in this younger generation that you like that's different from when you were coming up? Even though you started as a, as a later in age, you must still see these differences. 
Yeah, I, uh, I mean, I just, the game's evolved, right? And, and we evolve with it and the coaching evolves with it. If you're good and you, you stay ahead. So I have a lot of tips and things that I know that maybe my coaches, um, know now, but didn't know back then, or no one really knew back then that, uh, that I'm able to hand these guys and advice and connections that I have that I'm able to pass off to my young fighters, my young athletes and kind of see where that goes. I got, oh, sorry. I have a really, I have two kids, two young kids. I, um, I, I have like a really good crew of good people and we all get along really well and have a great relationship. So I don't have, um, I don't have anything bad to say about my gym. You know, I have a great staff and we really care and we really try to win all these fights and do the best job that we can. Nice. Good stuff. And another thing that people don't know, um, Nick Newell was also one of the first sports celebrities of his area uh, to step up when we had the Sandy Hook tragedy, which, you know, I run PSAs almost every other week on my show um, to show, you know, my support of Sandy Hook. It was a, a horrible tragedy. And I remember you called, you hit me up. You wanted to come on and actually promote. You were doing, uh, I forget what you ended up doing, but you were you, you, you were doing some type of fundraiser or something. You came on and, you know, are you still involved with Sandy Hook and that, and that project with their things still? Uh, no, I, th- I think at the time, maybe, uh, you reached out to me. I, you know, it was, it was a while ago and I know that, uh, I, I made, like, I, I helped in the ways that I could. I know there was a mm-hmm. fundraiser that, uh, MMA fighter Ryan Quinn did with Glover Teixeira and, uh, they did something and I supported it and sent a lot of people, uh, and went myself, um, to, to the seminar. I didn't run it, but I helped, uh, helped encourage it, you know, cause I, I lived at the time I lived one town over. So I, uh, I lived in Monroe, Connecticut, which is right next door. And, and I did all my shopping in Newtown and everything. So it was like kind of, uh, kind of a surreal, tragic thing, even though I had no, uh, connection. I didn't know any of the people I grew up in, in Milford, which is like a little ways away, like 20 minutes away. But um, I was able, you know, you could feel the air was different. The energy was different and everything I did when I went out and did errands or anything. And, and it was just sad and just a horrible thing. So, um, you know, obviously the time doesn't heal all wounds. And, and especially as a father now, I could never imagine. So, yeah. And what's it like being a father? Because, you know, I talked to a lot of MMA guys. And, 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 you know, one of the things I talk about is when you have a kid, it, it kind of changes that whole mentality once you hold your first child. And then you realize that you're not just fighting for yourself anymore because um, you actually came out of retirement and um, you, you went on a little bit of a tear when you came out. What's it like going in to that cage and training, knowing that, you know, you're not just fighting for you now, you're fighting for someone else who, who you're responsible for. What's that like? Yeah, it's um it's the same, I guess. I mean, I I I uh I never in my life like was like, "Oh, 
I want to win more now because I have a family. Like I didn't really want to win before. Like I've always wanted to win. I've always been right. competitive and try to win. So I don't think it really changes much. I just think I'm more tired because I have like my kids and, and, uh, and I'm like running around. I'm actually more efficient in a lot of ways. Cause you know, they say, if you want something done, ask someone who's busy. So I became a little bit more efficient with my time, but, uh, you know, it's a big, it's a big commitment. That's why I don't fight as often. Cause like, I, I don't want my kids to like, be like, well, my dad was never there. Right. 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 So, so it's that balance, you know, and, and we see this a lot in a lot of sports. You don't want to be that. So, I mean, it's, it's great to see you. It's great to follow this amazing career that you had from, start to, to finish and you know it's just been great to see that it's it's now a movie notorious nick you know and it's just amazing to be there from day one to this yeah you were moment. yeah you were my you were my first uh the first person that actually ever interviewed me i think yeah. you uh yeah. you were like hey i want to interview and i was like what <laughs> okay <laughs> I remember, I remember reaching out to you. I probably have those text messages or something somewhere when I reached out to you and you were yeah. like, what me? Why me? You know? And I'm like, you know, it, it was funny. Cause I had the same thing with, with Joe Lozon. Joe Lozon was working at a fish uh, tackle place across the street from where I live. And they had put a sign up and yeah. they said, um, wishing Joe luck. He's going to Hawaii to go train and he's going to be fighting Jens Pulver. And I interviewed him. And he was like, why am I here on this radio station? And I'm like, well, be yeah. nice. And he's like, yeah, well, let's see if we can bring back, you know, and, he's, and then the next thing you know, it's the biggest upset in the history of MMA. And, you know, yeah. <laughs> craziness how life changes, you know. Um, let me ask you, do you still follow UFC? Or do you, have you just pretty much focused on yourself and your school and your family right now? No, I I follow I follow UFC, I follow Bellator, I follow PFL, um, I follow MMA. So I'm uh, I pretty much like study a lot. I have fighters, so I have to study other fighters. And like, it's a disservice if you're like, oh, I don't watch any fights. Like, well, how would you know what's working and what's not if you don't watch any fights? And who? So who are you liking right now in the women's division, and who are you liking right now in the men's division? Uh, like either promotion. It doesn't matter which promotion. I mean, obviously, I like Bellator because that's who I fight for. So I follow them pretty. Um. So pretty my thing like, is, yeah, I think I think the uh the one thirty five pound tournament's like really interesting. Um, I think they have a lot more talent than just eight people. I think they should have made it sixteen man tournament. But that's my uh, – I think they left a lot of good guys out, in, in my opinion. But I'll still be following the tournament, like, really closely. I, I For myself, I've always liked Bellator. Um, I was able to cover a couple of Bellator events down in Connecticut. And I've always really liked that format of Bellator. And I don't know why they really haven't – I guess they like the niche that they're in, and they just want to stay in that niche that they're in. That's how I feel like Bellator is, but I really, I, I think they bring, you know, when Patricky Pitbull was down there, I was, I was like, man, this kid's a great fighter. You know, I love seeing a lot of the people that were fighting down there in Bellator, and I really like that format that they have. 
versus UFC. Yeah, UFC. yeah they're great over there. So, and, and he, uh, obviously, I like I like UFC too. So, <laughs> yeah, it, you know, it, they, it, it seems like everybody has their own little niche, you know, as to how they do their things. You know, even PFL. You know, PFL was exciting, and they were on a good tear there for a couple of years. They were really putting out some fights on, I think it was on CNBC, I think, or NBC Sports Network that they were having their fights on. Um, I remember catching Yeah, well, when they, they when they were WSOF, when they were WSOF, I fought for them, and I loved it. And now they're PFL, and they're doing cool, and they're doing their, like, season thing with their tournament, but they need to bring back the eight-man tournaments. I'm all about the bigger tournaments because like the the playoffs thing is really about who you fight you know and what kind of draw you get there that determines your playoffs so i think like the broader eight eight man tournament or eight woman tournament is just a better it's just a better look um but i guess they had a shortened schedule so hopefully they bring it back next year and uh and do it that way i like um you know i like i like the way they do things. I like the way Bellator does things. I, of course, like the UFC. Everyone likes the UFC. Mm-hmm. And um, I just like MMA and fighting. <laughs> As we see it in the film, you know, you, you, yeah. you really were a fan of wrestling, but when you got into that MMA, you were like, in the, in the film, we saw this, and it was nice that they put that in there. You were all in. Yeah, I mean, I actually love wrestling. So, like, if it made it look like I don't like wrestling, like, I wish, I wish that I was able to do more in wrestling as a competitor. But it wasn't in the cards for me. I started too late, you know. And I found MMA at a time that um, a lot of people were learning, and the sport was still growing. And and I just like outworked the competition, and was able to make a name for myself. Um, you know, now I have a lot of wrestlers that want to learn MMA that are coming to me. And, uh, you know, I've been still doing MMA, doing jujitsu, competing, and, and uh, having a good old time with, with, all, with all that. And it's great because I, I had predicted this a while back when MMA started to really start to gain momentum and speed. Um, you know, there was a time where NCAA wrestlers, collegiate wrestlers, you know, when they were all done, they were going to places like WCW and WWE because there really was no place for collegiate wrestlers to go to make money and get a name for themselves. MMA opened up a whole new place for collegiate wrestlers to say, hey, I don't want to go that WWE or WCW route. I want to go into UFC or Bellator because, again, as it says in the movie, you know, it's the best base to start out with is wrestling. So, you know, seeing I did hear that there are some schools that are sending people down to the NCAA wrestling tournaments and trying to get some of these guys to come and some of these women. Um, have you heard or seen that out, out your way or scouted? Yeah, this is, this is actually the perfect time for me to announce that I, I signed with WCW and uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll be, uh, I'll be going against diamond Dallas page for the belt. Uh, by the end of the year. Yeah. <laughs> the diamond cutter. Oh man, I actually you know what? I gotta hold on, I gotta get something here and bring it on camera for you. Okay, okay. <laughs> now that he mentioned this, this is a riot. Oh, there we go. <laughs> hey, you, uh, 
one time I was like doing an interview with someone and they mentioned like all the wrestlers I know. And I was like, yeah, I know a lot of wrestlers. And they're like, oh, I'm friends with DDP. And I said, dope. Self high five, man. The diamond cutter. I said, I love DDP. <laughs> like he was one of my favorites in WCW. And this was before I even knew like how good of a guy he was and like that he was like saving other wrestlers lives. Like yeah. I was just a fan of him, like based on his performances. Now I'm a super fan because of his character. But he actually called me up and I, I kind of lost my mind a little bit. I was like, what? <laughs> so before like, we get out of here, well, before we get out of here, I got to ask you then, if you wrestling, are you watching Dark Side of the Ring? Everyone I'm tells me to watch it. I haven't oh. watched it, no. Oh my good Lord, dude. <laughs> If you are a wrestling fan and you love wrestling, um, it is one of the best. If it, I don't know why this show hasn't been nominated for an Emmy yet, but um, Dark Side of the Ring has been one of the best shows about professional wrestling and behind the scenes. Diamond Dallas Page is on one of the episodes. It's a lot of gritty, hard-to-hear inside stuff. Like, you're talking... It's not good stuff you're going to hear. You're, you're going to watch this, and the stuff you're going to hear is going to be like, oh, my God, I never knew this. But it's just it's just an amazing, amazing show. Um, three seasons. It's been solid. And, you know, if you're a fan of wrestling, dude, I, I can tell you right now, if you have a weekend to just sit back and binge watch, you'll be absolutely blown away by this show. It's amazing. Yeah, I've been uh... – I'll have to put that on a list or find out a way to watch it on like a streaming yeah, service. Uh, you can text me. You can text me the link and uh, I'll watch yeah. it when when the kids go to sleep. Right now, I've just been watching like a lot of. Yeah, I, you know what? You definitely got to watch it when the kids are around because yeah. uh, I mean, like the Chris Benoit episode. I almost, I almost cried when I, I'm not gonna lie. I almost cried during the Chris Benoit episode, and um, the Eddie Guerrero episode was. Yeah. Yeah, there was there's some tough stuff. There's some real tough stuff in this, and um, yeah, I'll let you know. It's uh, Vice and Xfinity. Um, you can watch it on, but it's great stuff. Nick, great interview, man. Let them know real quick if you're in the Connecticut area how they can sign up for your school and, and be a member and and you know learn what they need to know about the sport. Yeah, so I am in Milford, Connecticut. So. Um... It's like right off the highway, right off exit 40 on 95. It's called Fighting Arts Academy. And uh, you can message the school. You could send an email. You can Instagram, whatever. But we're around, and, and we're making great fighters, and we're making great non-fighters. We're making just teaching people self-defense, getting people in shape, helping people accomplish their goals. And, and every day I get to wake up and do something that I enjoy. Great stuff, man. And like I said, I'm proud to see you where you are today. It's amazing, you know, that I saw this kid, cage side, who just a lot of heart and just really super aggressive and just impressed the hell out of me from day one. Just unbelievable. Um, and you know what? I just got to give you props, man. Big, big props, man. Uh, thank you. I appreciate it. No, no problem. So we're gonna, uh, you want to... Let people know again social media to follow you. Is it just yeah, you follow you on FFA or follow you on Nick Newell or Yeah, I add Notorious Newell on Instagram and, and the Twitter. On the Instagram and the Twitter. Um at Notorious Newell. And uh yeah, shoot me a follow. I um 
I posted a lot of memes and stuff. People like that. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I post uh, my training and 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 just try to have fun with it. So it's a good follow, cool. I think. So what we're gonna do here before we go to break, I'm actually gonna show the trailer for Notorious Nick. So I'm gonna let Nick before we get out of here. I'm gonna let you introduce this trailer and tell people to come watch this film, man, on Tubi. Okay, uh, my name is Nick Newell. I am a professional MMA fighter. And watch my movie, Notorious Nick. It's on Tubi. It's on Prime Video. It's on YouTube. You can watch it. It's a full-length, real great movie with a lot of like famous actors. Um, we have Cody Christian, Elizabeth Rome, Barry Livingston, Kevin Pollack. Like, really, like, uh, really solid cast. So if you like movies and you like MMA, then this is the one for you. It's better than all of those other movies. All those other movies are, are garbage. This is the only real good one. <laughs> all right, man. Hey guys, we're going to be back. Here's the trailer from Notorious Nick. We're going to be back with more booth after this in about five minutes. Here we go. <laughs> Nick. Nick, let me show you. You only need your right hand to pull this off. Yep. Not bad. So this is mixed martial arts? We're not MMA fighters, but we're wrestlers. The best foundation to start with. He's pinned. He's pinned. Hey, you here for the tryouts? I can't fight this guy. Oh. Nice going. I watch you train every day. Get ready. You can go pro. This kid's the real deal. Every fighter he's taken on has been legit. And he has not lost. You're a sideshow. You're giving real fighters a bad name. Sideshow's about to beat your ass. The XFC is denying your right to fight. I want to be heard. Nick's a contender for the title. This is his shot. He's proving that he can handle it. No, let me, no, let me. Nick has the right to have the career he wants to pursue. If you love something, you have to work twice as hard as everyone else. Nick Newell begins Rich Reynolds for the lightweight championship belt. You me now. I ain't come this far to lose. Remember what we practiced. Stand up for yourself. How many punches am I going to have to take before I get him to the ground? A few. But you got a thick skull. All right, your boy Sinister One. We're back here broadcasting live for the City of Champions. You are listening and watching The Booth. Make sure to click that subscribe button and subscribe to the show. Every week we're on at 7 p.m. New York Eastern Standard Time. And um, I got to thank some viewers, man. Analytics and stats have been coming back for this show. And um, I got to say, what's up to India <laughs> for watching this show? Actually, India was number two for countries watched. 
North America is back and being in the number one spot. Thank you for those who are watching in North America. But India is was actually number two. Um, but now all of a sudden, the UK and Europe has jumped up into the new, the new spot for number two uh, since Spotify has added video podcasts to the mix. So I'm actually getting a lot of views overseas. So I'm pretty ecstatic about that. All you guys in the chat right now, Mitchell McKinnon, Geneva, Roger, Tom, um, uh, Bobby Medan, all you guys, thank you for tuning in to the show tonight. I got to thank my previous guest. Oh, oh, am I forgetting somebody? Dale. Dale is out there. Uh, But I got to thank my guest, MMA fighter Nick Newell. Again, that movie is on YouTube. Uh, You can buy it on YouTube. It's free on Tubi. If you have Amazon Prime, you can watch it on Amazon Prime. And there's a couple other sites. Make sure to follow Notorious Nick on Instagram and Twitter. So we got to get into this show here. Last of the show at 741 because I got to make sure I'm off at 830 because at 830, Maddie C Sports for you and me is... Uh, Shelly Shalito's way. She's a boxer. She is on Maddie C Sports for you and me tonight at 8.30. So you want to make sure to tune into that. Next week, I got a great guest on the show, Lee Wang. She's on the show. Historic moment. Uh, she is the first Asian woman to complete the Explorer's Peak, which means she has climbed all seven peaks in the world. Highest peaks, and she actually almost died when climbing Mount Everest. So she's going to be on this show next week. She's an inspiration for anybody, especially women galore. Um, you want to tune in? Do not miss this show. I got to thank my man Ron Drago. You guys saw the new intro with the drone footage. Big shout out to him. And um, we got to get into this show. It's seven forty-two. Got to start blasting it out. Um, MDB Electronics, my sponsor. If you need your controllers fixed, ship them out back within 24, 48 hours in the U.S. Um, if he does something out of sea, did she summit or peak? She she climbed all of them. She completed all seven, Tim. And it's it's something that uh, it's not easy for people to do. So tune in next week. She's going to talk about it. Um, she's the first Asian woman to complete all seven mountains. Um I know I could never do that. Hell no. I can tell you that right now. My ass ain't climbing up Mount Everest or any other mountains. No no way. No way. Uh, But she'll be on to talk about that experience. It's going to be very interesting to have her on the show. Um, Vianna Marie, if you want to check out her music, uh, she's got a mixtape coming out. um, Pass the Torch mixtape, the Queen's version. And um, it's going to be great. want to check that out. Her new project is due out in 2022 personal you want to check that out check out all our past music on all those streaming sites that you see there tactical target systems just shipped me a brand new batch of zombie targets for when i go to the range to the house last week i gotta give them a big shout out if you want some zombie targets or if you just want regular normal targets uh reach out to tactical target systems ask for don robertson let them know that you saw it here and um, i can tell you right now for 25 bucks what this guy sends you for targets to go to the range with man it's Great stuff. So I've been doing business with them. Also, I love Boston Sports.com. Um, if I pick you and you're you know you've you've done a lot on this show and you're in the chat and you're responding, guess what? You could get picked to win a t-shirt like Tim. 
Tim may win himself an I Love Boston Sports t-shirt if I choose him this week. It depends who I choose. Um, you'll get a free shirt from ilovebostonsports.com. This was our last winner of the 2021 season, John Hayes. Big ups to him. Old Colony Pest Control, Carbonell, veteran-owned. We got to respect our veterans who do no good by our country. You know, they, they give their lives and go to countries that, you know, a lot of people don't want to go to, and they fight for our freedom. So Carbonell, veteran-owned, residential and commercial. If you've got problems with pests, 774-400-5993. Support him. John Hayes, what's up, man? Just saw you. Just showed your picture up there. John Hayes in the chat. With his Scarface Bill Belichick shirt. And uh, we're going to get right into the news booth. 744. Let's get right into the news booth. Uh, news booth for this week locally. Mass mandates for school has been accepted, extended now through February 28th. Yep. I know a lot of people back in October, we were looking to get rid of the mask during school. Um, unfortunately, COVID numbers were back up again and, you know, the new Omicron and now the French variants, all these different variants. It's like watching an episode of Loki <laughs> with all these different variants. Um, but it's been extended now through February 28th. You know what? Let's just stop messing with people. If you're just going to do it, just do, if we're going into February 28th, by then it's after February vacation. You have March, April, May, June. Just stop teasing us. Do what you need to do. Either let's get rid of the mask after February 28th. Or, or keep it going till just the end of the school year so everybody's safe. I think we're going to see a drop in the numbers anyway because we're gonna, within a week or so, we're going to be past everybody that it got together for the holidays, and you're going to see this humongous drop-off of COVID, hopefully, in the next week or two. Um, and you should start seeing hospitals get relieved, and that's that's kind of the way that I, I, I feel is we're headed. So... Again, if you haven't heard, the mass school mass mandate has been extended to February 28th. Um, National Guard has been sent to hospitals throughout Massachusetts to help with the COVID surge. Um, we've got not only with people getting sick and getting COVID, you've got a lot of hospital workers who are also sick and short-staffed. Uh, I know uh, some people out there who are putting in 90 hours or more um, working in hospitals and different facilities. So i got to give a big shout-out to Sarah. Litchfield, who's out there. i got to give a big shout-out to Leah Antonelli, who's out there. All these people in the medical field. Uh, Geneva, who's in there. Geneva Blackwell, who's in the chat. All you people who's out there in the medical field. Eric Dupree, you know, I know it's tough. And you know what? All I can do is acknowledge you and recognize you guys, and I know what you're going through. National Guard's been sent in to help these hospitals, kind of to help throughout Massachusetts with the COVID surge until these numbers go down. Also, uh, first-ever pig heart has been transplanted in a 57-year-old human who volunteered. This man volunteered to have his heart transplanted with a pig heart. Now, back in September, I ran a story on this site in regards to a pig kidney being used. Uh, what, and what they do is they genetically grow the pig kidneys and things of that sort um, for transplant into humans. And this was successful. Um, this man is going home now. And I guess they're gonna they're gonna run. I believe they they, they transfer or, or clean his blood and things of that sort. And then um, they're gonna wean him off the machine, and then eventually he'll be living with the pig heart. And um, I got no problem with that. So <laughs> I got no problem with with that. We can we can 
I got no problem with it. I got no problem with us taking animals and, and creating them and breeding them for the purpose of helping save lives. Now, PETA, the animal rights people, they're real, with this issue, they're kind of dumb right now. So PETA and these animal rights groups are fighting and saying that we shouldn't be doing these type of transplants from animals. And their reasoning is, is they're saying is that the, when you opt in or opt out of organ transplant. Now listen, this is the hypocrisy. Listen real carefully to this one, people. The animal rights activists are saying that this shouldn't be done. They said what should be done is take away the opting in of organ donations and allow it to be an opt out. So in other words, make it mandatory <laughs> that your organs automatically get donated and allow people to opt out. You see the hypocrisy here with some of these things that go on in society. So the animal rights people are fighting for animal rights. But the animal rights that they're fighting for, they want to take away human rights. In other words, the animal rights people are saying that when you die or pass away, you you have no say as to where your organs go. Your organs are going to go to wherever for science unless you opt out. That's This is hypocrisy. This is the society that we live in right now. You, you guys hear how crazy that is? You hear how insane that is? That an animal rights activist is fighting for rights of the animals, but they want to take away the human rights to decide whether you want to donate your organs or not. Really? I think the system works as it is. The problem is, is that a lot of people still aren't opting in to be an organ donor. And you can't force people because, again, you have certain religions, you have certain whatever that won't allow you to have your organs donated. So I, I like the way the system is. If pigs, if pigs can be bred to help alleviate kidneys, heart transplants, lungs, whatever, I'm all for it. I'm all for it as long as they're doing the right thing. But let's get into this next one here. <sighs> this is the stuff. Now, this is the stuff that I'm not happy with. <laughs> and I, then, I get, then I get pissed off. Add this to the disaster film 2020. Now, if you guys don't know what the disaster movie 2020 is, I've talked about it on this show. If I was to make a recent disaster movie, it would be called 2020. We've had, since 2020, we have had everything. We have had a pandemic. We have had race riots. We have had an insurrection. We have had... The acknowledgement of UFOs by our government since 2020. Now, <laughs> the disaster movie continues. And they just slipped this little story under the radar like people don't know this because a lot of people really don't pay attention. But there is a group of scientists who have created living robots that are capable of self-replicating in a U.S. lab. 
how did they do this? How did they create these Xenobots? Well, these guys have been messing around with frog cells. And they've combined frog cells with micro-robotics. Stem cells from frogs. And they've created self-replicating robots using stem cells from frogs. Now, if you haven't paid attention in science class when you were dissecting the frog and learning all about the frog, the North American bullfrog, when it lays eggs, lays 12,000 to 20,000 eggs. 12,000 to 20,000 eggs. So do the F and math, people. If you have living robots that are able of self-replicating, created in the U.S. lab, <laughs> and... And they have their own intelligence and they self-replicate. Do the math. How long before we're not the main species on this earth? All you scientists who are doing these crazy, stupid things. Are you serious? I, I, I just I just can't. I don't I don't understand it. I don't get it. And again, T Pain, let him know. Do something else! Holy Do something else. Do something else. I'm not playing with you all. Do something else. How much y'all keep messing around and doing stuff y'all shouldn't be doing? You want kill us with these self-replicating robots? Are you really gonna do that to us? We don't do something else. Do something else. That's it. That's all we want. Do something else! Holy Holy Please Y'all just really trying to get rid of us on this planet <laughs> Y'all just really John Hayes said the Terminator Self-replicating robots That's not even Yo bro John Hayes Yo that's not even Terminator Ter That's not even Terminator Terminator robots they were built. They were manufactured. It was that's that they were no nah, self-replicating. Now you're getting into, um, you're getting into like Blade Runner. You're getting into, um, the show on HBO Westworld. You're getting into that status. You're not. You're, we're not. We're not talking Terminator now. We're talking Westworld. We're talking. We're talking all these other. Scary. Y'all need to stop. Y'all scientists need to stop. Stop it. Do something else. Do something else. That's it. That's all we want. Do something else. Holy. Jesus. God. Tap dancing Christ. I can't say it any better. I can't say it any better. 755 legal booth. <laughs> um, Judge OK's using, and as you guys know on this show, I know his name, but I'm not giving this dude any credit. I don't care if he saved somebody's life in prison. I will never say this man's name. The Boston Bomber. <laughs> 
COVID payment has been taken so he can pay victims. Now, that's fine. That's okay. The reason why I'm bringing up this story is, is because it's hypocritical. It's not even a news story. I don't even know why it's being effing mentioned, to be honest. He got $1,400. He got a $1,400 COVID check. And they don't even tell people how much it is. They just put COVID payment. And then everybody's on Facebook and social media talking about, that's wrong and this and that and this and that. And, you know, oh, this is the trap. Look, he got a check for $1,400. He got a stimmy. The guy owe, he owes $101 million to the victims of the Boston Marathon bombing. $101 million. So out of that $1,400, Hypocritical. It's not even a story. Shouldn't even mention it. It's a slap in the face to all the effing victims. It's a slap in the face. Don't even mention this. Now, if he had if he had hit a scratch ticket while in prison, or if he had hit a lottery ticket in prison and he got a million dollars in the lottery, okay. Yeah, that's going to the victims' fund. This dude owes 101 million. But don't try to put a spin and get people all upset over a fourteen hundred dollar check going to the victims. That's nothing. That's nothing. That's nothing at all. Stop it. Stop it. All right? Here's another one where the press puts a really good spin on a story. Mom who took her child to the Capitol during the riot gets prison. She got three months, and I agree with it. But it wasn't a child. It was a 14-year-old teenager. And I think when you report this story, you should let people know because there's a difference between a child and there's a difference between a teenager. And I think what they do is they do this so they can get people pissed off. Am I pissed that she took a 14-year-old to an insurrection? Yeah, I'm pissed, but let's just tell the story like it is. She took a 14-year-old child with her to January 6th, the insurrection, and now she's going to do three months in jail. And she's sorry that she has to leave her child behind, her kid behind while she's in jail, but guess what? (laughs) That's what you get. You want to storm the White House on January 6th during the election? The finalization of the election? Hey, you got to do the crime, do the time. Sorry. Sorry, your son will be there when you get out, okay? And this is this is the audacity of some of these people that were tied into the insurrection. You know, she's like, oh, well, my, 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 my kid will be alone in this. Oh, well. Oh, well. And here's, and here's where it gets even, and, and I don't want to even bring this up, but I talked about the double standards when it comes to court cases and how things are handled between blacks and whites. And, and it's true. The double standard is there. So here's another story, just an eye-opening story from another insurrectionist from January 6th. A young male, 19 years old, stormed the White House. He's about to go to jail. He's going to prison. <laughs> oh, well. 19 years old. Thought he was good to go to Washington. Thought it was good to storm a white, the White House. He's going to prison. He's denied his defense and he's found guilty and he's going to prison. And he's now sitting in, in the courtroom. He's crying his eyes out. Do you want to know what the defense was for this young man right here? This young 19 year old man right here. The reason why his brain, the reason why he committed this insurrection insurrection is because he is 19 years old and his brain is not fully developed think about this think about this think 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 about this 
This young man is sitting in court for committing a federal crime. And his defense attorneys are going to come up with this story and say his 19-year-old mind is not developed yet. and That is the reason why he committed the insurrection actions. Thank God this young white man went to jail. Thank goodness because this is the type of BS double standard crap that if he had got off that we would have been complaining about. Complaining about. Think about it. Think about it. Because his mind was young and he, he got there and he was he was his mind was 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 young and, and and because he was there he got tied up in all the act all the stuff that was going on and he committed this act and didn't think about what what would really because I can tell you right now there's a lot of young black men in jail right now who did crimes that they shouldn't have committed because they had no father in the house growing up and they went out on the streets and they learned to have a father figure from a gang member at the age of 15, 16, 17, 18, 19 and shot someone, killed someone, got caught selling drugs. So you want to pull this BS defense out right now and make it a major news story? Because if that's the case, and if he was to get off for this right here, I'll tell you right now, I'll get Ken Diesel on this show. I'll get R Squid on this show next month. And the first question I'm going to ask him is how come this man got off if he had gotten off for that defense, that BS defense of being 19 years old and his brain not fully developed yet, when you got a whole third of black men in jail right now for doing crimes 21 and younger. But we but but that defense couldn't have been used then. That defense couldn't have been used then. He wasn't brainwashed into a street gang because he had no father figure around to teach him right from wrong. So the closest thing he had to a father figure was a gang member. <coughs> you all see that? You all see the hypocrisy in all that? It's craziness. This is the craziness. So like I said, keep an eye on these cases, man. Keep an eye on what they're coming up with for these defenses, for these people in these cases. And then take these cases and put them back to other people's cases. Because the very thing that blacks were screaming about, about the, about the inequality and the things going on in the courthouses, you're still seeing it. But thankfully, the court is doing the right thing, and these people are serving time. That's just straight BS, bro. Straight BS. His mind's not fully developed at 19. So that's the reason why he create he he did an insurrection. Give me a break. Ninja, please. <laughs> oh man, here's another one. This one, I got a video to show you guys. Um, it's a tough watch before I show it to you guys. <coughs> but this video is of a young man who was arrested by the New York police. I forget what, what borough he was in. Um, but this young man, I'm going to let you guys watch this. It, it's going to show 
I'm gonna watch it first and then I'm gonna explain it all to you so you guys can see why I'm bullsh I'm bullcrap at these cops, bro. And I can tell you right now, they're gonna pay for this man's death. They're gonna pay for this man's death. So here's the video. I'm gonna show this video right here, and then I'm gonna get into it right after this. Here we go. Pay close attention to this video. So the man grabs a gallon of hand sanitizer and sprays himself, douses himself. Look at this. He's just covering himself in hand sanitizer. Now, for 20 minutes before this, and we'll explain it after, but this is the gentleman with the taser. Now watch. He shoots him with the taser, and guess what happens? Now, look at this. Look at this. Look at these cops. All three of them. All three fired in my book. Fired. I don't give a F. Fired. In lawsuit from his family. Tough watch. I, I, I'm, you know, it's a tough watch, people. And this man, like I said, this young man, he actually died days later from his injuries. Um, as you can see right there, his adrenaline is going. So he, you know, he doesn't look like he's hurt or whatever. They're trying to calm him down. But these officers ran. Let me just back it up here. Let me just back this up here for a second. Actually, no, I'm, I'm letting you guys see. He's trying to console him. This guy here is putting his gloves on. And here's what bothers me about this. The, the three officers, they took off and they ran. They took off and they ran. And they left the man there to burn. While you've got one, two, three, four. You've got four mats. Right here, that you could have extinguished those flames out. You had a hoodie that you could have padded and, and extinguished those flames out. That white box in the background down below, I'm not sure if that holds a fire extinguisher, but there's got to be a fire extinguisher nearby in this room um, to put the fire out. That's number one. Number, like I said, I'm pissed that they took off and left him right there to burn. This is the processing area. This window here. This is where you be. So you, and I wish we had the sound. There's no sound. And, you know, it's sad that you can tell that they know they messed up. Even when you watch. Let me go back. Even when you watch this. You can look. Before this gentleman even shoots his taser. You can see one officer saying, look at the guy on the left, the one on the far left. When he pulls his taser, the one on the far left has that look at his face like, ooh, I don't think you should be using your taser. Like, he
He had his training. <clears throat> One of the things they teach you in taser training is that you are not supposed to fire your taser because it's an electrical shock, it's an electrical charge to anybody that's doused in any type of flammable liquids, um, anything of that sort. The reason being is because they had a lawsuit many, many years ago where they fired the taser on a guy in a gas station where he just got through pumping gas and the fumes ignited and he burned to death. And they, they it was a lawsuit. So all of these officers have been trained <coughs> about the uses of tasers. The other issue here is that prior to this whole incident happening, there was 25 minutes of this video is of this guy just being a complete drunk imbecile during processing. And my question was, was, well, why the hell wasn't he in cuffs? They brought the guy in. He should have been in cuffs. So this would have never have happened. I would love to hear why this man was not in cuffs. So this doesn't happen. Look, he's holding him. He's hugging him like, Jesus, you messed up. Y'all messed up. And you're going to pay for it. And uh, finally, an EMT comes and oh, crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. Unfriggin' believable. Unbelievable. I just, you know, it's just instance, you know, dumb. Common sense. He just doused himself in hand sanitizer. Hand sanitizer is 95% alcohol. Wood grain. Isprosol. It's flammable. So why would this officer even think of using his taser? It's just... And then people wonder why people get pissed off at cops. See, it, these are the stories why. So I'm going to keep my eye on this. I'm going to report on this. Um... I'm pretty sure this New York Police Department is about to pay out. <laughs> pay out. There's nothing There's nothing that's going to get these cops off. And the fact they ran away and left that man to burn and not help him. One dude ran into the other room where the, process, where the guy in processing is. Craziness. <sighs> What's up, Mike Smith? I see Mike Smith in here. Mike Smith says in the chat, he says they should have known it was going to cause a fire, the spark of the taser. They shouldn't have been that much hand sanitizer out there. Look, bro, and I get it with the, with the hand sanitizer. I, I'm, you know, where I work, you know, um, where I work, yeah, you want to keep the smaller things of hand sanitizer. But you know what? They, have a, they, they must have a lot of traffic there, so that's why they had that big thing. At the end of the day, still, the bottom line was, one, he should have been in cuffs. If he's in, if he's in the process processing area and he's being booked, in my opinion, if it's gotten that far, he should be in cuffs. If he's being PC'd for being drunk and going to the pokey, he should be cuffed. Period. Cuffed. Should have never had his hands free. That should have never happened. And like I said, number two, you never fire a taser at a guy that's doused in hand sanitizer it's crazy and the fact they ran away the fact they ran away and left them to burn and nobody tried to put the flames out with a with a with the mat or the carpet or whatever is just insane three stooges of police force right there they're gonna pay ka-ching and his family he's dead he's dead yep paul cassetta that's what i'm saying they should have known not the taser him 
sad. Um, entertainment booth, rest in peace, Bob Saget. Yeah, yeah, Mike Smith says, it doesn't look like a processing area. It looks like a front lobby. I believe he was a walk-in. No, he wasn't a walk-in. Um, there's 20 minutes of video before the three officers actually brought him in. Um, he wasn't a he wasn't a walk in. He was he was being either detained or arrested because um, he was he, before that all happens. Um, he was taking all of his stuff out of his pockets to give to the person uh, that was behind that window. So for me, I feel like he was in the processing area, or he was he was he was probably um, drunk. You know what I'm saying? He was probably drunk, and he was probably going in to be PC'd. You know, but again. If you're getting that far, if you're going into the pokey, even to be PC'd, you should be, you should be cuffed. You should be cuffed. <laughs> Viana Marie's shaking her head. She's like, they set him on fire and ran. I, I'm just shaking my head because they did. They ran. What's up, Felicia? Get well. I know you guys are going through your second bout of COVID over there. Uh, Paul Cassetta, T-Guy. What's up, man? What's up? What's going on? Um, in the entertainment booth, comedian actor Bob Saget found dead, 65 years old. Um, they're now saying that drugs were not the reason or cause of death. Um, he had actually reached out to a lot of comedian friends prior, and it's sad because, you know, this was a guy who had his demons. Um, he hosted the, one of the longest-running shows for the longest time. And, um, you know, everybody knew that he was this different type person. He actually struggled with the fact that he was on this show that America loved, but he was this dirty comedian. You know, he was on Full House, but then he went to see him do, you know, there were people who loved him on Full House. Oh, he's the dad from Full House. And then they went to go see his comedy show. And they was like, whoa, <laughs> whoa, you know, y'all remember his scene in Half Baked? <laughs> You know, so rest in peace, Boss Saget, 65 years old. Um, also, James M. Toomey, found dead, 75 years old. Uh, he passed away. He is a trailblazer. Uh, for those who don't know who James M. Toomey is, shame on you. His song, Juicy, has been sampled by, phew, Jesus Christ. I would say Juicy is probably in the top five of most sampled songs. That beat, that hook. That, that whole song, I'm pretty sure James M. Toomey was collecting checks since everybody has been paying him for sampling for that Juicy song. And that was that was a hit song when it came out. So um, rest in peace to him. Also, rest in peace to Sidney Poitier, 94 years old. He was the first black actor to win an Academy Award. He dies at 94. So we lost Betty White last week, who now we know um, Betty White didn't die of COVID. Betty White didn't die because she got the vaccination booster. Betty White died because she had a stroke five days before Christmas, and they kept it real quiet. Um, Betty Davis had a stroke five days before Christmas, and they knew that she probably wasn't going to make it. The stroke was that bad, and she passed away at 99 years old. So anybody out there who's spreading all these rumors, no, it was a stroke. She had a stroke and uh, passed away. But Sidney Poitier, 94 years old, he was a, you know, Came in from the Bahamas. He became a U.S. citizen and was one of the best actors out there. They call me Mr. Tibbs. <laughs> and to Sir with Love, look, I grew up as a young kid, and to Sir with Love was one of my 
favorite movies right there with West Side Story back in the day. To Sir With Love, you know, he went over there. I remember Lulu was like the main actress. And, um, you know, he was this black guy from Ghana who had to teach these British students. And they were like the worst of the worst students. And, um, you know, it was a great movie. To Sir With Love, great movie. Uh, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner was another great classic movie where the, you know, the young white girl brings a black man home. And that, that was the whole premise of that movie. That, that was like a trailblazing movie, you know, here in America, you know, it crossed all types of boundaries and just a great, great actor. Also people. mm, 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 mm. Fresh Prince Bel-Air releases their first trailer. The first trailer has been released. Um, and I'm ecstatic. I can't wait. And it looks like it looks like it's going to be Super Bowl Sunday. It's going to be when this premieres. Um, and I'm, actually, let me let me just pull these up here. Uh, but it looks like Super Bowl Sunday is when this is going to premiere and debut. Um, and what I'm going to do here is I'm going to show you guys the two trailers. I'm going to show you guys. We're at 8.17. I got to be off by 8.30 for Maddie C. Sports for you and me. Um, what I'm going to do is show you guys, because the booth has been following this from day one. So if you guys didn't know about this, there's a guy, a director. His name is Michael Cooper. And Michael Cooper made a fan-made tra- trailer to a film called Bel Air. And what he did was is that he took the Fresh Prince of Bel Air comedy sitcom and made it a dramatic show, a dramatic TV show and what his vision would be if this was to be made. Um, I remember seeing it. I remember when it hit YouTube, it was like, Oh, it was like a hundred views. I caught it through a, a, a person who sent it to me. And I was like, Holy Christ, this is amazing. <clears throat> and it was like a Tuesday. It was like a Monday when I got it. It was a Tuesday. Rest in peace, Don Hazel. Yeah, we. I actually played music video from him last week. Don Hazel passed away last week. I did mention that last week on the show. Um, but yeah, his funeral is actually this Friday. So for those who knew Don Hazel, a major staple in the music scene here in Boston, um, his funeral will be this Friday. So you want to make sure you get out there and show your support. There was a GoFund for him out there. So you want to make sure you jump on that. So, um, I'm going to show you guys the fan-made trailer first. This is the fan-made trailer for the the, the, the Bel Air. This was the, the Michael Cooper vision of this. And what happened was, so what happened was, is um, he, I, I actually posted it on the show and showed the trailer. It was like Thursday, Will Smith's son saw the trailer. And then over that weekend, he showed his father the trailer. It was the two weeks after that that Will Smith reached out to Michael Cooper and said, hey, <laughs> we're bringing this to NBC, and this is going to be done. I'm going to be the executive producer. And I've been following this, and now here we are, year and a half, two years, after this fan-made trailer came through. Um, this, is a, this is coming. So I'm going to show you guys the first trailer that was made by Michael Cooper, that was seen by Will Smith, and then I will debut the actual trailer for Bel Air 
the actual TV show that's coming. Super Bowl Sunday, three episodes. So here it is. Here's the fan made trailer right now. For some reason, you think this is a game. This is not a game, Will. Look at you. Look at you. The only reason why you're not in jail is because Uncle Phil called in a favor. Take your time. So easy. Notice? You're stupid. You are carrying a gun on the streets to protect yourself? I've done my best, Will. But it's time for a change. You're going to Bel Air to live with your uncle. And your auntie. Bel Air, out of all places. This is a second chance, Will. Don't waste it. Will, I will not bail you out again. In this house, I'm not Uncle Phil. I'm the law. Have I made myself absolutely clear? Yeah. Yeah. There are no butlers to clean up your messes. You've got to be responsible for yourself. So, Will, what brings you to Bel Air? I caught with a gun. How are we related again? Shut up, Carlton. He's from the streets of Philadelphia. Will needs discipline. Just a little time. Just a little time and a little love. We are what he needs. Why don't you go back to Philly? Born and raised, right? You think I would ever want to be in this life? You're not welcome, Will. This is fake. Wherever you're from, this is fake. You didn't do anything to earn this. I never had nothing. My life ain't a sitcom, I guess. I don't even feel like I belong here. Just give it some time. Everything happens for a reason. Yo, you must be from Philly. Yeah. What's up, man? I'm Will. Jazz. Jazz? Hey, so what part of town you staying in? Bel Air. They got you out there? All right, Philly. Let's see what you got. Well, welcome to Bel Air Academy. How's everything going at Bel Air? Not too bad out here. I just made the team. I'm so proud of you. I'm so glad you're here. I need to take you shopping. Rodeo Drive. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I was summoned my God to be the greatest. They say my birthday's a curse, still made it. Stood out in the field when it was raining. Ten toes down in it. Youngin came up strong with a will to live. Daddy never came home. Mama in the pen. So his relative got him from the devil did. The streets ain't safe just to complain in. It's like they got boots still on the Yeah, it's like they got boots still on the Hey, Jazz. Hey, Prince. You even go here? Nah. <laughs> this time we'll try to make you forget who you are and where you came from. Don't let it do that. 
Jeffrey Thompson, house manager. Will! Oh, Bill! Ten years is a long time. Let me show you around. Where them dimes at? Hillary! Will! Let's go find you something fit for a prince. What do you think? Oh, I made you love. Yo, Uncle Bill! I'm glad you're safe. We'll talk later. Cousin Will! Yo! Is this really baby Ashley? You're a long way from home, Mom. Oh, Tim. How you been? You know, thriving. I hope uh, one day we can talk about why you're really here. Do you know why I'm here from Philly? Scrapping the bull court. Got nasty. Oh, Was it you? Now some bad man from Philly, he wanted to deal with you. I move mountains to give you here. So here's the story. You came to Bel Air for a better education. Simple. Be patient. Give this a real chance. We have a different set of rules here, okay? If you want to do well, just keep your head down and follow my lead. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Man, you know I'm a rep West Philly wherever I go. Yo, King, what's up, man? No love. Look around. These are my people. What? From now on, steer clear. Welcome to Bel Air. What the hell is my life? Yo, chill out, bro. Maybe Will just isn't cut out for this. Why are we working so hard to save a boy who doesn't want to be saved? Because we owe it to him. A real man takes responsibility for his actions. A real man knows when to let go of his pride and make the most out of a second chance. Be the Will who charmed West Philly with his talent and swag. Let the music diffuse all attention. February 13th, that's the date, everybody. You've been hearing it here on the booth since day one. Day one, always ahead of the curve here on the booth, man. Check it out. Look, that debut trailer showing homage to the fan-made trailer is crazy. And yeah, it's it's a drop, it's a dramatic show. There's no comedy, no funny stuff in this. This is a drama. The only thing is, is that <laughs> that's funny is the dude that's playing the butler, Jeffrey, he coming off to me like he's like an ex-Navy Navy SEAL or something. He's real on point. <laughs> but I can't wait. I can't wait. They're going to drop three episodes on Super, Super Bowl Sunday, and um, I'm going to be right in front of the TV when the Super Bowl ends to catch my three shows. And, and I love it. I love it because you know why? Because Hollywood isn't doing the BS. Hollywood is learning people. Hollywood used to do this thing when you feature black families from Bel Air. You want to lighten it up. You want to lighten the skin up. But they didn't. Yo, Will Smith, I give him props, yo. They got this family in Bel Air. 
dark chocolate. <laughs> dark chocolate. Successful dark chocolate living in Bel Air. But a lot of people won't realize that or recognize that. But that's what I'm talking about. That's That lets you know that we're moving in the right direction as a culture. That little, It's little things like that, people. Little things like that. Uh, we're at 828. I got two minutes. I got to get ready to close out this show, so I'm getting into the sports booth. Uh, Pats dropped their season opener, uh, their season closer in Miami. Tough loss. But guess what? We're not going to dwell on it. Because it's like I said, they always split. And um, my son just scared the crap out of me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm live on air. My son just came and scared the crap. But he's here. I'm gonna cl- let me get ready to close out this show so I can see my son. He-, he can hang out while I'm doing live show. But the Pats are taking on the Bills in Buffalo on Saturday night. This is the third matchup. I like the Patriots in this one here. Um, in this third matchup, because Belichick ain't about to lose to Sean McDermott twice in one year. That's not happening, people. That's not happening. Number two, um. They they played ass out. The Patriots have been playing ass out. They've been their own worst enemy. So they can't do what they're going to do on Saturday nights. And the weather's going to be horrendous once again. Once again. Yep, they fired the coach of Miami. Look, my Facebook page has been insane over this. Brian Flory is getting fired in Miami. That's a whole... I could do a whole other show on him being <laughs> fired. Tighten up. Kevin Jeffrey says, tighten up. He's ready to get his Titans in there. We're going to see. But even if the Patriots get past Buffalo, I don't see them getting deep. And I like that because, to be honest, I think I think Mac Jones was getting a little bit of a big head, and I think he needed something to kind of bring his ass back down to reality to make him hungry for next season. I'm glad they made the playoffs. But to be honest, if they if they lose to Buffalo, I really don't care. I really want something that they can build on and learn on. Um, but we'll see. NFL Black Monday tracker, running list of coaches that were fired at the end of this season. Um, Matt Nagy, Bears, well-deserved. Vikings, well-deserved. Denver Broncos, well-deserved. Only one that I said, Miami Dolphins, Brian Flores. Don't get it, don't understand it, but I understand why, because you have a CEO maniac down there who runs the team and makes horrible decisions. And all you people saying, well, you know, he had to go. It was a 24-25. Look, don't give me that crap. Stop it. Sit down, as my man Kevin Jeffries has on this show. Sit down. Brian Flores inherited the dumpster fire of a team and went 5-11 and with that dumpster fire team. He didn't want Tua. He wanted Justin Herbert. He wanted Justin Herbert. They didn't. They went with Tua. And look where they are. So now he's the scapegoat. He got fired for that. That's what he got fired for. Guess what? When you fire a coach that has back-to-back 500 seasons, you're going to bring in a new coach, and you're going to go back down below 500? It makes no sense. You're on the best path to the playoffs with Brian Flores. But whatever. Um, NASCAR makes a decision on LGB coin sponsorship for Brandon Brown. For those who don't know, Brandon Brown is the guy who won the NASCAR race and started this whole let's go Brandon chat because everybody was cheering F you Biden, F you Biden, F you Biden. And the reporter says, oh, they're cheering. Let's go. Let's go Brandon. And it became this big hit. And he wrote a whole big statement how he doesn't want to get caught up in this politically and whatever. But then he signs with this company, LGB coin. And then they go out there and they, released the news before supposedly NASCAR approved it. Guess what? They rolled it back. NASCAR says they can't have that sponsorship. I don't know who's lying here, but somebody is definitely lying. Brandon's team is saying that they had approval from NASCAR. I don't know. I don't know. But we'll find out. Uh, Biden bombshells. President Biden defends his pandemic response 
against the Omicron surge. We're still, so for breakthrough cases, people, for breakthrough cases, we're still at two-tenths for people that are vaccinated and boosted for catching COVID, two-tenths. Um, Pfizer and Moderna were 90 to 98% effective. Johnson Johnson was 80 to 85%. So if we get up into 15% or or 5%, more than 5% to 15%, then we got a problem. Then we got a problem with the vaccinations. But right now, only two-tenths of the cases of COVID are breakthrough cases of people vaccinated. So we're still well below. So all you people out there doing this whole thing about people getting COVID with vaccinations and stuff, stop it. Do your math. It's simple math. I'm really getting tired of it, okay? Um, also, President Biden was in Georgia today to talk about the voting rights with Stacey Abrams because they're down there trying to do this and do that and uh, you know restrict voters' rights. Um, he was down there. He made another speech, two speeches in a row that this man had to dish out. Last week's was historic. Felicia Damon says, I'm fully vaccinated, and they got it a second time. And again, the vaccinations doesn't, it, it, it didn't guarantee people from getting it. It guarantees you from not getting as sick. And as I said, breakthrough cases, two-tenths right now, two-tenths right now. If we get up into 15%, 5 to 15%, we got a problem, and they're going to have to answer for it. Um, Got to get ready to get out of here. It's 8.30. I want you guys to head over to Manny C Sports for you and me to see Shelly Shalito's way. But I got to thank everybody for hanging out with me and uh, doing these this show. Those are the guys that are using my banners. And um, here we go. I got to do these over here. A7FL is going to be opening up. Um, again, thank you guys for supporting, buying the hats, shows that I produce. She Talks Football Podcast, Oscar Mike Radio, Drafting the Circuits Radio. Also, last week's winner, well, end of the year winner. I got to get a new winner for this week, but that's John Hayes. Thank you for being in the chat. And um, last but not least, again, A7FL No Pads Football is looking for player registration right now. 50000 in prize money. Bring it. <laughs> Bring it. And that's it, folks. I'm going to get ready to get out of here. Deanna Marie's music's available in all types of outlets. Uh, Lee Wang will be on with me next week. And you want to jump over and see Maddie C's Sports for You and Me. YouTube right now. Shelly Shalito's Way. SpongeBob, do me a favor. Take us home. Well, see you next Tuesday. Thank you for listening to The Booth on Hoobazoo and HatcherRadio.com. Please follow the Facebook page and subscribe to the podcast at Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. The Booth is a Sinister One production hosted by Sinister One. I've got to start hanging out with friends that are a little more intelligent and understand politics and stuff. It's just that I'm up on this level up here and all my friends are down here. Me, nah. You guys, nah. Maybe a little more down, down here. Screw you guys, I'm going home. I smoke, I drink, I do my thing. These bitches hating, so you know I got to make it plain. Don't do cocaine with your chick, my main. We stick together, true forever, yeah, you know we bang. I miss those days, which was easy. If only I made it, bitch, don't repeat. Now that I done upgraded, I've been upstate and y'all think I'm playing. And I got to hit now for these weak assholes who think I ain't slaying. Try me, try me, and I'll probably end up laughing because I never back down. I'm that chick with a clean ass whip. I don't need that shit. It's like I'm on now. I get hot, I get tired of
bus and fight and guess I gotta crack down. Don't mess with me, cause on everything, I'ma have to bring the whole city W-H-O-O-B-A-Z-O-O-B-A-Z-O-O-B-A-Z-O-O-B-A-Z-O-O-B-A-Z-O-O-B-A-Z-O-O-B-A-Z-O-O-B-A-Z-O-O-B-A-